Good day and welcome to the NCSA Mental Health Devotions. My name is Nandi Fleming and I'll be your host for today's worship. Before we start, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we realize that there are many wishes and wants in our hearts. And Lord, that oftentimes we come to you with these requests asking you to take care of the things that we feel we need and sometimes even the things that we want. But Lord, I realize that sometimes we don't know what's good for us. Sometimes, Lord, you have a reason why you answer no and why you say not now. And Lord, I pray that as we learn today that we will realize that we can trust your judgment because you can see the future unlike we can't. Lord, bless us now is my prayer in your name. Amen. I'd like to read to you for our verse today out of the book of Psalms, chapter 20, verse 4. It says, May he grant you your heart's desires and fulfill all your plans. The title for my talk today is, Be careful what you wish for. It may not be what you expect. So I once heard someone say, I'm so thankful that I didn't end up with what I thought I wanted. Does this sound familiar? Have you ever said this to yourself? Imagine you became what you wanted to be as you, when you were a kid. For me, that would have meant being a dentist and not a pastoral counselor. An honorable job, but not one that would have given me satisfaction or fulfillment. Imagine you ended up marrying, you know, your childhood crush or one of your crushes. Do you think you would be happy today? I personally am happy that those wishes of mine did not come true. The saying, be careful what you wish for, um, you might just get what you ask for. It rings true in all of these scenarios. And there are a few reasons why we should be careful in what we ask or what we wish for in life, what we pray for even, because we have to make sure that it is what we really want. So there are certain reasons why we have to be careful. And the first one I want to share with you is that the reason we need to be careful what we wish for is we don't always understand what we're asking for. And we don't realize that the end results of what we ask for will actually be bad. Not understanding the implications of what you ask for can get you into a lot of trouble. Um, and life can change drastically if we get what we want. A biblical example of people who did not understand what they were asking for is demonstrated in the story of James and John, the two brothers. And you can go and read the story in Matthew chapter 20, verse 1 to 23. The Bible tells us what happened. It says that the mother of James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to Jesus with her sons. She knelt down respectfully to ask Jesus a favor. What is your request? He asked her. She replied, in your kingdom... Please let my two sons sit in places of honor next to you, one on your right and the other on your left. Now this seems like a good request, an honorable one even. But Jesus answered her by saying, You don't know what you are asking. Are you able to drink from the bitter cup of suffering I'm about to drink? Oh yes, they replied, we are able. So my question is, what exactly is Jesus cautioning the sons of Zebedee against? What is this cup that Jesus asks them, um, can you drink it? What is he about to go through and who will be beside him on his left and on his right? The Bible tells us that the bitter cup that Jesus was about to drink was the fact that he was going to be crucified very soon. And by James and John's mother asking Jesus that they would sit on his right and his left, she is asking that they would be crucified next to Jesus on his right and on his left. So it's clear that neither her nor her sons understand the implications of what they are asking for. 
So Jesus ends up saying, you don't know what you're asking for. He basically says no. He says it's not for him to decide who will be sitting on his right and on his left. Um, the problem is, is that the reason we tend to ask for these things is because we believe that what, when, what we wish for is actually good for us. You see, we imagine that if we get what we ask for, then it will be good for us and that we will be happy. But the truth is that we never really know what's best for us. We can't always see the implications of what we ask for. Or sometimes we see these implications, but we, we try to ignore them. We, we, we pretend that somehow those implications won't come true for us, even though they've come true for many other people. But you see, the truth is we can't be 100% sure of what the outcome of our wishes will be or how they will affect our lives or others' lives when they come true. And when God says no, it's usually because he understands the implications behind what we are asking for. But you see, for some of us, we are stubborn. When God says no, we tend to make our own way. We tend to try and find a way around the, the reality of God saying, this is not for you, my child. And we try to make our own ways. And the Bible says we need to be careful of doing this. Ephesians 5 verse 15 says, look carefully then how you walk. Not as unwise, but as the wise. The Bible here is telling me that we need to be wise when it comes to the decisions and the things of life that we think we want. We need to be wise like serpents and harmless like doves. We need to be able to say and to, to reason from cause to effect, to say, if I get this, how will this implicate my life? Will it be good for me? Will it be good for the kingdom of God and for my family? And if it is not, we need to be content with the answer of, no, this is not good for you. An example of where people tend to go and make their own way is demonstrated by a story told of a woman, a woman who prayed for a husband who is more successful and financially secure. You see, she was in a marriage where her husband, in her eyes, lacked ambition and where the doors had not yet opened for him in terms of monetary satisfaction in his job. And God says, when this woman comes to him and says, Lord, I want somebody who's more successful. I want somebody who's more financially secure. I want somebody else. God says, you don't know what you're asking for. But because he says no, and he says, I will not give you another husband. I will not give you permission to, to divorce your husband. This woman went and made her own way. She took matters into her own hand and divorced her husband to go and find somebody who's more ambitious and driven and more successful as a man in terms of his career. So she ends up marrying somebody that she finds that is ambitious. Um, but unfortunately, what she did not realize is that with that ambition came a very demanding nature and a man who expected an unbiblical type of submission from her as his wife. You see, the problem with this is, is that often we don't realize that what we wish for comes with baggage, baggage and things that we did not expect or bargain for. And God can see these things. And sometimes in faith, we have to accept his no as the answer that is the best for us. Matthew 16 verse 26 says, For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? And oftentimes we, we wish and we want for earthly gain. We wish and we want for earthly peace and satisfaction, lives that are comfortable. But we, we, we try to get these things at the cost of our souls, at the cost of eternal happiness. We tend to even break God's laws in order to get these things. We need to be careful what we wish for because the outcome might be at the cost of your soul, not just your happiness.
There's another example of a man who wished for something which he did not expect to get in the way that he got it. A man wishes for a more sexually adventurous wife. And indeed, he finds such a woman after his wife left him. But the adventurousness of this woman crossed the boundaries of the marriage relationship. And unfortunately, his wife's adventurousness took her to other men. You see, unfortunately, what we ask for might not be what we expect. Many of us don't wait for God's guidance. We follow our own understanding of what should and shouldn't be and go over into action without prayer. The Bible warns us that we should not follow our own understanding. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. That's Proverbs 3 verse 5 and 6. The Bible is basically saying that we should trust God's judgment. We should lean on his understanding and not our own minds regarding what we think we want or what we imagine life would be like when we get the things that we've wished for. You see, God teaches us that we need to ask for the Holy Spirit into our lives. The Holy Spirit that will give us true wisdom in understanding these things. Ephesians 1 verse 17. God will give us the Holy Spirit when we ask. The only teacher of true wisdom to them that ask him. Psychology explains this strange phenomena where people who are supposed to be happy because they got all that they wanted actually ended up clinically depressed and suicidal. They give numerous examples of where people who won the lottery um, even, you know, um, in, ended up not realizing what their lives would be once they won the lottery. And then when they won it, um, their lives changed so drastically. And many of those people have reported to being less happy than what they did before they had all of that money. Some of them even depressed and suicidal after they won the lotto. And one would think that, you know, having so much money would bring some kind of happiness. But you see, they didn't count the cost. They didn't look at all the implications of what life would be once they gained all of this money. Things like being responsible for their family, feeling guilty because now their family is expecting a handout and all these kinds of things. We need to learn to count the costs we need to look at the implications of our wants, our wishes, our desires, and our prayer requests. What will life be like when you get those things that you wanted or that you think you want and what you think will make your life happier? Many of us wish to leave the country and go to greener pastures. But what exactly will those implications hold when you leave the country? Will it be exactly the way you imagined? What if you end up, yes, divorcing your spouse because you feel you're in a bad relationship? Will you truly be happy because of the one or two things that maybe they didn't do the way you wanted them to do it and now you leave them for those two bad things but then you miss out on all the good that you had. What if you tend to decide that you're going to cut off your wayward children, children that you know don't follow the things that you want them to follow? What happens when you cut off your children? What will that implications hold? Do you realize that you might never see your grandchildren? Uh, all of these things have implications that we don't consider. What if you decide to change your career for the sake of money and you end up locked away in a miserable career, but you have money? Would that make you happy? You see, we forget to count the cost. Proverbs 22 verse 3 warns us and says, The prudent see danger and hides himself, but the simple go on and suffer for it. In other words, don't just blindly follow what you think you should be doing in your own mind. As the Bible said before, be prudent. Make sure that you've counted the cost and make sure that you've submitted your plans to the Lord because he knows what's best. 
One person explains how her adult life was spent in anticipation of retirement. She wished for the day that she no longer had to work, where she could spend all her hard-earned money by traveling, by being with her family, and doing all the things that she never could do while she was employed. But it never occurred to her that once she got to that point in her life, that her parents would have died. And that at that age, she would be too tired to do all the traveling that she'd put off until then. And that her lack of hobbies would not allow her busy mind to stay um, unoccupied, but that she would wander in her thoughts and in her mind because she had nothing to do. Retirement when she came to that age was not at all what she had imagined. And most people believe that they would be happier once they get what they desire. But you see, many of us don't realize that getting what you want does not guarantee that you will not be happy or that you will be happy. Uh, We think we try to run away from unhappiness by wishing for different circumstances. We wish for more wealth. We wish for more property. We wish for more adventures in our life to try and get rid of our unhappiness. But you see, life is always happening in the present moment. And many of us wish for something in the distance. Um, For many of us, um, we realize that we want, we wish, we dream, we fantasize about what life will be like one day. But we, we end up losing out on life, which is happening right now. We chase happiness by trying to add things into our lives, trying to make ourselves happy with our wants and our wishes and our dreams and our fantasies. But life is happening right now. And we need to be careful that we do not reach the end of our lives like this other lady wishing for retirement, realizing that we've actually missed out on our entire lives because we were chasing some dream in the future. We need to stop and realize that what we have right now, we should appreciate. Everything that we hope, we hope to feel, because we want to feel happiness, is available to us right now at this very moment. Why, you might ask me? Because you see, happiness should not be dependent on some place or something or people or our circumstances. Happiness is really a state of mind. And for many of us, we try and find our happiness in some future scene in our thoughts. If I can have that, I'll be happy. If I can be that, I can be happy. But then we get to those places and it's not at all what we imagined. Happiness is available to you right now. If you think about how you want to achieve that happiness by being content with what you have. Happiness is a state of mind. It's an attitude that you choose. Happiness does not come from reaching some final destination or achieving some perfect life circumstances. But you see, the problem is that everybody wants to live on top of the mountain and find happiness on top of that mountain. But all of us don't realize that happiness comes while climbing the mountain, while growth occurs. That's where happiness comes from, according to Andy Rooney. The secret to being happy is accepting where you are in life and making the most out of everyday circumstances. So my advice to you is this. Be careful what you wish for. Because you may not get what you want or it might not be as you expected. Your expectations might not be met. My advice to you is today, in your circumstances, right now, find the things that can make you happy. Be happy with what God has granted you. Yes, when you pray, ask for wisdom. Ask that God will help you to ask for the things which will indeed bring happiness. Count the cost and be sure to lay your plans before the Lord's feet and lean on His understanding so that you will be sure what you get is really what you want.
the Pastoral Counseling Department of the NCSA invites you to join our daily mental health devotions. You can subscribe by WhatsApping the word yes to plus two seven eight three six five eight four two nine six. Broadcasts will be sent out directly to your phone each morning at eight AM. Topics are centered on biblical and psychological guidance to achieve good mental health and a balanced lifestyle despite the trials and crises of life. If you are interested in receiving these daily WhatsApp audio devotions straight to your phone, then WhatsApp the word yes to plus two seven eight three six five eight four two nine six. And now, may your darkness turn to light as the Son of Righteousness rises with healing in His wings.